Welcome back to Coping with COVID, our series here on Tiger Talks. Um, I'm Captain Ryan Hernandez, and I'm joined today by Captain Sabrina Lewis and Chaplain Jason Byers. Uh, what we wanted to talk about today is mindfulness. Uh, mindfulness essentially is an approach where you do things one-mindedly, so you're not focusing on a million different things at once, and you are present-focused, not thinking about what's coming up in the, in the future, what's going on in the past, and you're not judging. So you're not beating yourself up on things that are just going on, um, you know, not kind of critiquing everything. You're just really focused in the moment. And so what we're going to do today is actually do some practices um, of mindfulness and then talk about the different experiences that we've had with mindfulness, meditation, other forms of, of approaches that use that mindful practice. So Sabrina, can you tell us a little bit about some of the practices that you do that are mindfulness-based? Yes. Um, so I really like mindfulness. If you come to visit me or just even talk to me for a little bit, um, I sometimes the anxiety gets, my anxiety gets the best of me sometimes. And so I was introduced to mindfulness um, back when I had engaged in therapy with my sleep concerns back in college. Um, so I do a lot of progressive muscle relaxation. Um, there's a few deep breathing techniques that I do, but for me personally, and I'm a little biased, I love progressive muscle relaxation. I put that in my sessions with me. Uh, it's about five minutes and it just really teaches you to do a full body scan and figure out what's going on. And again, like Ryan said, it brings you back to the here and now. Yeah, I like that. And what you brought in is uh, muscle relaxation. So there's a physiological component and a mental component. So for you, you're kind of bringing your body and your mind into sync. Exactly. Uh, what about you, Chaplain? Yeah, that um, this is a great topic because I don't know about you two or the listening audience, but I, I often have a lot of things going through my mind, mm -hmm. bouncing around, topics just, just all over the place, ADHD at the max. And because of that, it's hard for me to just sit still and focus. And that, that's pretty important in, in my profession as I'm trying to, to read the Word of God. It, for me, at least, I, I like to focus on that. And oftentimes when I'm just sitting there, there's just thoughts that are pinging all over the mm -hmm. place. And mindfulness has really helped me to, to be still. Mm -hmm. And that's also strengthened my faith in just being still and letting, for me, the Word of God speak to me um, without all these thoughts. Because the thoughts are going to be there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mindfulness doesn't, what, at least for me, what mindfulness was teaching me was don't push the thoughts out permanently because mm -hmm. they're going to come back. But it, it forces me to slow down and be still with a thought at a time. Mm -hmm. with, uh, even with the, the relaxation that you do, mm -hmm. Sabrina, which maybe we can do that mm -hmm. also. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> we'll walk us through that and the audience because mm -hmm. it's, it's, those are techniques that just, when your anxiety is up and when you're stressed out, you give these little techniques mm -hmm. to the people and to, to us and then it just... It gives you that peace, so then you can you can carry on. Yeah, and I think the biggest component that I try and tell patients when I'm teaching them about mindfulness is that essentially what you're doing is moving your attention. 
So if I can shift my attention from this thing, whether it's anxiety mm-hmm. or a test or, you know, some sort of do out. Yeah, anything in your life. If you can shift your attention easily, then you can kind of free yourself mm-hmm. from the pressures that you might be experiencing in that moment. You can't do it permanently. I mean, unless you're some sort of monk in seclusion, you might mm-hmm. be able to. But the goal is not to live your life 100% mindfully yeah. from that point on. It's to use it as a tool in order to reduce the strain and increase your efficiency in life. Yeah. If you're constantly grinding through everything, yeah. you become less efficient. And what we want to do with mindfulness is give us a little bit of break so that we can replenish our energy and keep moving at the same speed that we were already going at. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like how you were talking about progressive muscle relaxation because it gives me a nice little uh, caveat to this of not everything that you do mindfully will work for you. So I tried progressive muscle relaxation and I hate it. Um, it's Why? Not, it's just, it doesn't work well for me. Was Sabrina so, leading you through it? No, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it would have worked a lot less. Oh no, I think it would have been perfect at that point. <laughs> so, but it's something that, you know, there's, there's some hallmarks of meditation practices and uh, breathing approaches that we do in the, the therapy sphere. Um, and so progressive muscle relaxation is one of them. And it was something I got introduced fairly early on and I just never took to it. Now I have patients that I know it works very, very well for and I can lead it. But for me personally, when I'm doing mindfulness, uh, exercises, that's not a go-to for me because I know it doesn't work well for me. Um, but there's, there's things that we're going to talk about today that you as a listener might hear and try out and be like, this is, this is not me. And that's okay. And then other things you might try and say, wow, this is something that I already do and mm-hmm. I can just change my approach while doing it and it becomes a mindfulness activity. Yeah, and, and I feel like that that's exactly what we all can need to keep in mind is not, it's not one shoe fits all. Mm-hmm. It is a reality that you have to try different kind of mindful te- mindfulness techniques. And what it, if you can just stop and take moments to just focus on areas that you need to focus on, then that's exactly mindfulness. That's mm-hmm. what you're doing. It's yeah. not emptying yourself of the reality of, of everything right. that's going on around the world. It's right. filling purposefully that space with with some sort of peace and, mm-hmm. and guidance in the moment, bring down the anxiety oftentimes. Yeah. I think you guys bring up a good point. And so I always explain to um, whoever I'm speaking with that mindfulness or whatever new coping skill that we're teaching, it's like a salad bar and there's plenty of stuff in that salad bar for me anyways that i just don't eat i look at it i don't want mm-hmm. some things i try the there's, beets i love the beets. the beets i really thought beets this was was a jalapeno no i thought beets were cranberry jelly cranberry oh, sauce yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, i was very, very unhappy when i found unhappy. out about that i like pickled beets i don't eat olives though Oh, I don't disgusting. eat olives either. Yeah, but it's, it's basically olives. what I mean, it is. It's like my, Correct. you know, like yeah. a salad bar. So you can pick and choose mm-hmm. what you do like, what you don't like. But one thing that I highly encourage, especially when you're trying to pick up a new skill, is try it more than once. Mm-hmm. Give it an honest, like, two or three times, just giving it a go. When I was first trying it out, for me anyways, progressive muscle relaxation, I hated it. I didn't know why she had me in this room wasting time I was supposed to, and then I, that man only had 30 minutes with her because I had five minutes in this dark room mm-hmm. but it got to the point where I liked going into that room and I felt so much more relaxed by the time I ended up speaking with my therapist at the time that I'd still do it to this day yeah mm-hmm. 
And I, I do a lot of uh, diaphragmatic breathing mm-hmm. is where I like to start. I think breathing is such an essential skill. I mean, we have to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And it, so it's not as much of a, a buy-in. You're already breathing. Why not try and do this something, uh, do this a little bit different? And so when I was at uh, Fort Gordon, we did a lot of biofeedback, which is basically seeing how efficient you are at doing that breathing exercise. And, you know, we had a lot of people come in really, really skeptical um, because I'm saying, hey, we're going to breathe differently and you're going to feel better. And they're like, we're not going to do anything else. Nope, we're just going to breathe. And by the end of that initial session, they would really see the benefit for most people. Again, it's not for everyone. Mm Um, but I, you know, I had people that, you know, ran with it for months and got really good at it and didn't need kind of the overview that I was giving them in session, but they would come back and check in periodically and they found a lot of great benefits to it. And it was one of those things that it's not just the breathing, it's the space and the, the way that they were able to take time out of their day for that themselves. felt like exactly mm-hmm. for them mm-hmm. um, because we give to everyone else all day and when I did uh, the breathing exercise the research showed us that you practice five minutes at a time three times a day and that was effectiveness mm-hmm. um, that's 15 minutes a day that you're giving to yourself mm-hmm. out of your 24 mm-hmm. hours well I do have a question because this comes up a lot but um, a lot of times I get soldiers in particular that they are feeling whatever it is, they, their mind is just very loud and they can't turn their thoughts off. Or mm-hmm. um, what would you suggest to them where they cannot actively <clears throat> or in that moment when they need it the most take a s- step away and maybe mm-hmm. focus on their breathing or um, do some type of body scan um, if there's still a new skill that they're trying to acquire? First off, um, the biofeedback that I did was a proactive strategy. So. Okay. We tried to build that in so that they developed mm-hmm. the skill mm-hmm. before they needed it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's muscle memory. Yeah. So the more you do something, and uh, Chaplin, you and I have talked a lot about neural pathways. The mm-hmm. more you do something, the more the brain understands it. Yeah. Um, so if you do this practice multiple, multiple times, the idea is that your breathing becomes more efficient at calming you down. Mm-hmm. And so when you know things happen in your day, you only need to take a few breaths. Mm -hmm. So that would be one aspect of it. But you're asking in that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the biggest thing is those are still useful techniques. They just might not be as efficient if you're not practicing. You can still breathe. You can still do a body scan Mm -hmm. where you just kind of look at where all your tension is Mm -hmm. at. Mm -hmm. Um, All of those things are helpful because it distracts you. Mm -hmm. It takes you out of that moment. And thinking about the, all the things going on and focuses on one thing. And in most instances, that's fairly helpful. What about you, um, so I'll take a little different approach to it. It may, may be similar in our thought is while you're in these moments, and I would assume that, especially as we're talking about the soldiers interaction with a senior leader or mm-hmm. a, a, another NCO or mm-hmm. even what I, I teach and, and have counseling with is couples who are in an argument. Mm-hmm. And how do you then practice this mindfulness while you're in the midst of an mm-hmm. argument? Yeah. And some of it is, is, is thinking about the emotional side of it and the reaction that you're having emotionally to this situation. Because, of course, if you're emotionally reacting to a situation, your anxiety is going to increase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you may not have time to reflect on 
on what is really going on underneath, but you do have, this is where I think mindfulness is very helpful with the breathing because the, the higher the anxiety goes, the higher the emotion goes, then the more you're going to lash out at, at other people, the more words you're going to say that you can't. Mm-hmm. We've often said is, that, you know, words are like toothpaste. You, mm-hmm. Once you squeeze it out, mm-hmm. you can't put it back in the tube. Yep. Once, so once they're said, they're said. So reflecting on what is going on with you, doing the body scan, mm-hmm. and, and seeing why am I getting so emotional right now? Is, is this warranted yeah. mm-hmm. and allowing that that process to, to slow down the um, sympathetic and parasympathetic systems yeah. right to slow your brain down mm-hmm. what I view that, that the way God created us is a, a built-in mechanism to to pump the brakes yep and you're not you're not slamming on the brakes but this mindfulness gives you the opportunity to pump the brakes slow down and then you can refocus on on what we're even talking about yeah. what What's, what's this argument? What, what's going on? And that's where I've, I view mindfulness very helpful. Not yeah. taking yourself outside of it, but being in the midst of the storm, pumping, just slowing down. Okay, yeah. is this storm really this bad? And it, and it really highlights that last component of non judgmental. <clears throat> because I will tell you, myself included, but also all the patients that I work with, you're not good at this in the moment the first time you do it. Yeah. Um, no, you will not, not catch that. If you're in like that fight or flight mode with the sympathetic nervous system mm-hmm. and you're in an argument, you are not necessarily going to be thinking about, well, why am I so angry? No. Um, but now, the more you do it. The more you do it, yeah. you will. But the first time you do it, you're going to catch yourself like two days later and being like, why was I so yeah. upset about that? Mm-hmm. And not beating yourself up over why it happened but understanding it so the next time you know that okay this is a trigger point for me mm-hmm. like it i call it um like a, a broken foot when i work with patients um especially couples we talked about it like you know your your spouse may not have broke your foot but if they stepped on a broken foot you would react the exact same way as if they did and so if you know that hurt that you have in your in your life that gets triggered in that argument you can prepare for it beforehand and so being able to calm yourself down with the breathing exercises is amazing um, because it is really a way that is built into our, our anatomy to control that response. You know, we don't necessarily have control over our heartbeat and that's what really pushes us into fight or flight or not. Mm-hmm. But what we find is that by slowing down our breathing, you know, focusing on other things, all the things, all the components that are beneficial to mindfulness that we're able to lower our heart rate and bring us out of the, the fight or flight, because it's really helpful to be in fight or flight. If you're being chased by a bear in the woods, (laughs) I can't say that I've ever been in that situation. It has its usefulnesses in your, your day to day life, but the vast majority of us spend most of our day in fight or flight mode. You know, we have things to get done. Us talking right now is probably more that uh, system in our brain. Mm -hmm. So it's useful. But if you overuse a system without replenishing it, Mm -hmm. you're not going to function as well. And that was another thing that I wanted to say, like, especially if 
um, you stay in that high level sense of awareness where you're just always going, going, going on guard, whatever Mm -hmm. that might be, your body eventually gets tired. And like he said, you're not effective, but you get emotionally tired to where you may experience some of those consequences where you're a little bit more irritable, Mm -hmm. sleep already is off for you or whatever it may be. So this will definitely, like he said, help replenish, but also give you that much needed break that you need to kind of recharge your battery and get back at it and it's not something where you're just taking a knee for like three three weeks or or three days or anything this is literally just something that you can incorporate a daily practice yeah Yeah. and And, and andrew newburn says that as you age if you stay in these fight or flight modes all the time that you can have early onset of alzheimer's mm -hmm. uh, because it does such damage to the brain over Mm -hmm. long-term stress and so as senior you know senior leaders may be listening then or, or just people that are high stress all the time, just realize it has an effect not only on your your mind but your body yeah. Yeah. as a whole. So health. this is this is one way to Yeah, and I, I know a lot of people um a lot of people will ask me, you know, who is mindfulness for? Yeah. Um of course I'm a psychologist, so I have a cop out answer and I say everyone. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but really it is for everyone. Yeah. You know, I use mindfulness with patients that have chronic pain. Um, I use mindfulness with those with poor sleep or if they have anxiety or or depression. Or trauma. Trauma, Trauma. Mm -hmm. um, ADHD, Mm -hmm. um, being able to turn your focus is really, really beneficial. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, pretty much anybody, but I think Chaplin really hit the nail on the head. Those among us that are good at what they do and perform well, they operate at a level that is sustainable for the most part you know they've uh, senior leaders they've Mm -hmm. done you know upwards of 20 years and have been you know at the top of their field whatever that may be but what cost at what cost and and can you do that while still replenishing ryan i think that'd be a challenge in a high op tempo environment where a lot of our leaders are faced with day in day out decisions to make to get their troops and soldiers ready for for combat, ready to go to the field, and just to continue to be in that ready state in this high stressful environment that we're in. Well, and I mean, I, I do agree that that may be difficult, but also if we're supposed to be ready now, not only for going to the field, like what I did there, not only going to the field, but whatever we're facing, I think it's also important for us to make sure that we have our mental abilities in check as well. So these, you practice them. It's not so much of you taking a knee or not doing anything or having to come in. You just practice practice them on your own and become proficient at them. And you let yourself know if you like it or not. Sabrina, that's really hitting the nail on the head. And that's why we do this podcast is to be able to provide realistic resources that we can give to the listen audience. Mm-hmm. Ryan, do you have any thoughts on the resources? You know, I do have some thoughts on resources. So there are some really great apps out there that address a lot of these things. I would say for beginning, I really advocate for Breathe to Relax. Um, that's an app that's put out through the DHA. And it's free. It is free. And on the uh, Google Play and App Store. <clears throat> Correct. So no matter what operating system you have, you can use Breathe to Relax. And another one that's put out by the same people is Mindfulness Coach. So it can actually walk you through some of these practices to help you um, in any way that you want. And if you like those things and want some additional resources, there's also some things that are available through your brigade behavioral health officers. 
So with that, we're pretty close to wrapping up our time here today. And we want you to tune in next week because we're going to actually walk you through some of these practices that we're describing in this segment. Yeah, so tune in. Tune in. Tune in. Rawr.